This is Football Social Daily, keeping you up to date with the latest from the English top flight. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily. I'm Ant McGinley and, well, we've got some big news for you today on this, the 1st of April. But before I get on to that, let me welcome you to the show, which is, well, where we are every single day bringing you the latest Premier League news and the Premier League returns this weekend after the international break and we're at that point in the season where it's all getting a little bit exciting with just eight games to go or nine or or ten or eleven depending on how many games your team have had postponed. So there's not a lot of team time to turn your season around or if you're at the other end of the table still a lot of time to blow it. And make a return from injury not much time left speaking of injuries a little later on the show we'll be looking at which teams have suffered the most and the answers might actually surprise you on the back of the international break which has seen almost all the places finalized for the world cup in qatar which starts in just seven months time today in doha the draw for the group stages is taking place we'll talk more about that in a moment we also have a guest popping in on today's show joe jordan richardson from the app who knows wins We'll be popping in to put our prediction skills to the test against each other. I've got a feeling this will go badly. Although, before we get into all that, let me introduce my co-host today and then deliver you some news. So, I'm joined by, I was going to say, yeah, I think I can say this actually, two fairly long-suffering fans in the form of Leeds fan Ian Brannan. Well, hello. I mean, it's not all long-suffering. I mean... Long-suffering was 16 years in the championship, you know, yeah. losing a few over the course of the seasons, nothing. We're all yeah. right. Yeah, and, and the strange thing is you do sound much more cheerful than long-suffering Manchester United fan Joel Tudor. Well, I, I want to say long-suffering relatively because I don't want all the lower league fans to start killing me because we, we spend £100 million every summer. So, I know, uh, yeah, we're paying, t- but, uh, yeah, you know, it's all relative pain. I mean, like, you've only, you know... <laughs> won a handful of Premier League titles this decade so well no not this decade the last decade yeah that's painful (laughs) it must be really difficult for you anyway uh, Joel and Ian uh, are part of the Football Social Daily squad with myself Ant McGinley we're just three of the team there's a huge team of people involved and well, we're all very happy and celebrating uh, today because a few hours before we started to record, we found out that we'd won Best News and Current Affairs Podcast at the Sports Podcast Awards. And so here with the thank you speech is Ian Brennan. Blimey. Well, I'd like to say uh, thank you to, to everyone who, uh, who, who voted. Uh, I'd like to thank my parents. I'd like to thank um, Jim, of course, who's uh, ultimately the boss. But I'd like to thank the fact that the, the, the judges saw through the fact that even despite my appearances on this podcast and uh, an endless reading of facts, um, it, it, even though it still won. So that is the real litmus test. But it is a great achievement because, you know, we, we mentioned these awards um, that... That, you know, these these there's lots of awards that you can win in in the world of podcasts. There's, there's always somebody starting up an awards um, ceremony, but these are, I think, the ones. You know, for, for sports podcasts, this is pretty mega. Um, and and um, and this podcast has beaten some real, you know, top 
competition from some major um some not just major hosts but major organizations as well so it's not a small award to win it's, it's a great achievement and um nobody got slapped on stage so uh, even better <laughs> i was gonna say consider i just sort of uh, d- didn't let you know i was gonna do that you did that much better than other people we've seen at award ceremonies handling themselves this week uh let's leave that there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And yes, well, I've got, I've got appearance. I've got, I've got form of having to uh, make, um, you know, um, short notice speeches, uh, usually uh, inebriated by alcohol. Uh, so this time with a clear head, you know, absolute walk in the yeah. park. I, I, just, just like to qualify as well that even with today's date, this is not an April Fools. Uh, at least I don't think no, it is. That's the thing. <laughs> No, the news came out yesterday, so the fool's on them if it is. Uh, but uh, no, it's not an April Fool's. Uh, there are April Fool's going around. I've seen one, uh, the, the, the one that comes around every year. <laughs> They're going to change the size of the goalposts in football. Really, is that the best you can do? Um, but uh, no, it's not. It's true. Uh, it's absolutely true. But it's, it's, it's a great thing to do. One avoid. thing that I thought I'd never seen, see, see or you never even imagined, uh, there is an image going around today. This is not, I don't know if this is an April Fool's or not, but it's images of the air conditioning at the, some of the stadiums and the world for the World Cup finals in Qatar. Now, whether or not that's true, it looks pretty impressive. Uh, oh, yeah, they look like jet yeah. engines, don't they? And they, they are going to have to have this because it is uh, possibly, I, th- I think it's going to be the hottest World Cup ever, which is why it's been played in November. Uh, it's just over seven months to go. And uh, later today, the draw will be taking place to decide who will play in the group stages. Now, let me give you here, if I can find it, this this incredible lineup. All right, um, can you imagine having this in your um, Sunday League team? Brazil legend Cafu, former German captain Lothar Mateus, Bolton's JJ Okocha, <laughs> oh, yes. Everton and Austra- the first Australian to score in a World Cup final, I believe, Tim Cahill. And of course, who else do you need to make up that squad? But former Spurs and Newcastle midfielder Jermaine Jenis. Uh, yeah, no way. I was just going to say, don't tell me Jermaine Jenis is is involved in it. Yeah, and 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 he really is. <laughs> yeah, he really is. No, no, he is rent a crowd. <laughs> no, he is. Jermaine is there to work the crowd. He's one of the three hosts that they've got. Um, the 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 others are actually going to be uh, picking. The, the, the balls out of the bag or whatever option that they go for. But the, the thing is, it's, it's been live streamed, this draw in a couple of places. It's been live broadcast where it goes on. But I I think this is a really bad idea because it's longer drawn out. We've all seen those Champions League draws, um, even when they get it right first time, that just take forever. You know, it's just somebody comes up, they do a big introduction, they come up, they take it. It takes a long time. And I think this is... You know, essentially what they're doing here, Joel, is you're just getting balls out of a bag and Are we are we having another podcast talking about balls again? <laughs> yeah. Well two days in a row now. No, yeah. This this is the this is the award winning stuff that people are tuning in for. <laughs> this is what they signed up. Well for. yesterday <laughs> yesterday was about the, the World Cup ball being released, images of what that they were gonna be playing with, but this is for the actual draw. And and you know, surely, you know, it, it can just be something much quicker. I mean, I know they have tried to jazz it up and we're going to come on and talk about some of the things that they, they've tried to do that. But essentially, I think, Joel, you're probably sort of with me on this one. You think that these these draws, for whatever competition it is, should be done as quickly as possible so you can get on to preparing, booking your flights, 
getting to the pub, whatever it is that you need to do, rather than just trying to make, as we say, what is essentially taking balls out of a bag, exciting. Yeah, it's all just a gimmick, isn't it? And I, I, the funniest part was, I think, in the last Champions League draw, the last 16 ones where they absolutely cocked it all up and had to redraw it about an hour later after all of that dragging out of doing the montages of everyone who's drawing out and all the dramatic scene entrances. Like, honestly, just, you know what I'd love to see? At a half-time, at a, at a, for example, the Champions League final, just draw it out then, get the reaction of the fans to be like, oh, because everyone's going to be all international in the ground and just get the live reactions of everyone drawing out. But I think they might get a bit nervous considering they can't, you know, get the hot balls into the ball. Did I say that? <laughs> you did. That's award winning <laughs> as well. So you just, you do you, Joel. Um, yeah, it, all winning. They, they have... They have tried this over the years consistently, and they never seem to learn. They come back and uh, time and time again uh, to try and make it a little more exciting. A couple of years ago, and there's a video on uh, YouTube uh, you can see of this, where, let me just say, a very happy Rod Stewart uh, was brought in to help with the Scottish Cup draw. And that was, I mean, you bring a rock and roll star into a draw, well, you know, you get everything you deserve. Um at the uh, USA 94 uh, World Cup, I think it was when they were doing the draw for that, Robin Williams, the late great comedian, uh, was the host and spent the whole time uh, calling Sepp Blatter Mr. Bladder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and my favourite line from that was he said, it's so nice to meet you, Mr. Bladder, after filling you for so many years. Um, oh. But I think potentially the greatest coup... Uh, is one that you wanted to talk about for Saint and Greavesy. Well, there's, there's there's two I've got. Another one that I that, that I found, and it was a fairly recent one. 2019, the first round of the Carabao Cup uh, was drawn. Well, when they first did the Carabao Cup, if you remember, they they shipped all the uh, all the journalists to Bangkok. Uh, to do the draw at some uh, real bonkers hour of the day because, you know, that's what they wanted to do. So um, because they didn't want to drag everybody around the world the, the second time, 2019 Carabao Cup draw was done in a branch of Morrison's <laughs> in, uh, in Collindale where they had John Barnes and Ray Parler drawing out the 70 uh, teams in front of bemused shoppers. Um, it, 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 people didn't realise where, where they because you just saw the angle of the draw being ha- happening but actually the draw was happening in a branch of Morrison's with an impressive Carabao display behind I them. have this image in my uh, head of you know yeah. the guy from Phoenix Nights who works at the front of the store going <laughs> get your bin bags get your bin bags <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> against <laughs> Bournemouth <laughs> that's the one so maybe that's that is one but the, the, the one that we we're talking about though and it is to do with the, the 1994 World Cup as well actually Saint and Greavesy, bless them. Saint and Greavesy, um, to to go to the the, the the draw for the 1994 World Cup. So that was happening in America because that's where the World Cup was happening. Uh, Saint and Greavesy were over there, and while they're there, Saint and Greavesy would have had this conversation and said, oh, "This is Jimmy Greaves, right?" So Jimmy Greaves says, "You know what, Saint? We need to do the draw for the Rumbelows Cup." Right, so what did they do? They were in New York. What else would you do in New York? You'd go to Trump Tower. So they called in at Trump Tower and said, uh, oh, I'm Jimmy Graves. I'm in St. John. And we've, uh, we've got a TV programme to film. Is the big man available? Donald Trump. Phone rings. Yeah, send him up. So in they get into the big gold lift, right? And before they know it, they're in some kind of 
oak-clad room with Donny himself. The future president of the United States of America sat round a table with Saint and Greavesy, a guy from the FA, and they're about to do the draw for the Rumbelows Cup. And um, Donald Trump obviously doesn't have a Scooby-Doo. What's going on? Apart from, he says that... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Leeds United versus Manchester United, that's the kind of game I'd like to go to. <laughs> yeah, I'd like. So that was his only knowledge. Uh, and then he said, he said, this is like the, pro this. I mean, this is what, 1992 or something? Yeah. Two, yeah, 1992, yeah. Um, he says, um, I used to play, it's a great game, I love soccer. I actually actually played in high school, could have been a, could have been a soccer player. Of course, you know, so even then, the arrogance of him being the greatest was, was showing through in the draw. The clues were there in the 1992 Rumbelow's Cup draw of, uh, of, of inside the mind of Donald Trump. Uh, and then, yeah, they did the draw, and um, the first team he pulled out was Norwich. Um, so I don't know if he followed it up with, I like mustard. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, Donald Trump doing the draw for the Rumbelow's Cup. Does it get any weirder than that? Probably not. Um, but I'd like to see somebody try. I don't know. Maybe they should do river dance in the middle or something. You know, just jazz it up. The, a bit. Uh, the you do realise that on the back of winning this award, there'll be a lot of people that haven't previously listened to the show that will have come to the show I because know. of the award and go, "Oh, what is yeah. it?" Like maybe competitors that want to go. What do we have to do to be on top next year? And that is what you have to do, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Award-winning voiceover artist and official uh, <laughs> impersonator for the show, Ian Brannan. Um, and and you know what? It, it's it's because of my birthday that I'm on today. I, I'm usually on on Wednesdays, but because of my birthday uh, was on Wednesday, and I was having a spa day and drinking <laughs> champagne as uh, as we do yeah. on award winning podcasts on a Wednesday. Um, so here I'm on a Friday, and look how it's all panned out. You got you wouldn't have got that drinking moment, champagne uh, were it not for me drinking being born. champagne again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Actually, <laughs> yeah, drinking the, champagne. That, that story about Donald Trump there about being a footballer. Actually, I can believe it because he, the guy is a unit. He is a big guy, and I'm sure he would probably, possibly even tower over Harry Maguire. So, uh, you know, the, 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 there might be something... Yeah, imagine those two as a partnership at the back. <laughs> yeah, I'll play centre-back. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, greatest, greatest centre-back of all time. Me and uh, um, Rocker Jr. Well, yeah. USA have qualified for the World Cup after losing to Costa Rica in their last game, but they've gone through and they've qualified, so there's still an avenue... For Donald, if he wants to, uh, if he wants to make it through, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so there yeah. you go. That's 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 uh, that's probably why World Cup draws are fairly boring because you don't want to get Donald involved. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean Boris. I mean, flipping egg, that'd be chaos, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, well the, you know, the futures. You know, who knows what the future holds? Uh, that draw taking place today in Doha, although. I think it's fair to say we'll we'll just be uh, catching up with it online to see what the results of that draw are, rather than actually watching the whole thing. Uh, speaking of prediction, uh, we're going to come back uh, with a guest. Uh, Joe from Who Knows Wins is going to be popping in and putting us to the test with his brand new app. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily, the award-winning Football Social Daily. I'm going to enjoy saying that as uh, time goes on. Uh, let us welcome to the studio now our guest. We have Joe Jordan-Richardson, who joins us from Who Knows Wins. Hello, Joe. Hello, how are you doing? You okay? 
We're doing great. Still on a high after our win. And speaking of wins, Joe's joining us today as we look ahead to some of the games taking place in the Premier League weekend. And Joe is the man behind Who Knows Wins. It's an app which gives you a kind of... I suppose the best way to describe it is it kind of does for sports betting what Uber did for taxis. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to, to put it. I mean... I'm not as much uh, worth as much as the guys who come up with Uber, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we're going that way. <laughs> the thing that makes us kind of different, uh, different is we're all sports fans in the company, and that's the kind of idea behind what we're doing. Um, we are fans, and we built it for fans of sport. We want to kind of have that enjoyable experience around watching a game without worrying that someone's going to come take your house away. So we we've built it for the fans, um, and so far. You know, we've managed to give away nearly three million pounds uh, to sports fans uh, across the UK. So it's a real big milestone for us. And, and we're really proud to have said, you know, that's how much money people have, have, have taken from us. Well, I, I think I can safely say that, uh, you know, myself, Ian and Joel are all fans of sport and indeed money. So it's a great combination. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the perfect, uh, perfect customer for us. Something that you do in the app, which I quite like because it's very similar to on fantasy football, for example, when you set up a private league with your friends, is the, is the social aspect to this in that you can set up a group for some of the games so you can play along and uh, see how well you're doing against your mates? Yeah, I think it's always a bit nicer if, um, well, I don't know, maybe sometimes it's nicer if you can see your friends uh, spending the money that you just lost Um but the the idea is. I mean, I don't. I mean, you say that. I, I'm not sure how I feel if Ian and Joel go and spend my money. But we'll we'll, we'll see how that feels in a minute. <laughs> it can certainly be arranged. Don't worry about that. Well, well, hopefully, hopefully they're using it to buy you some beers. Um, that's not always always the, the the better option, isn't it? Um, but yeah. So the idea the idea is 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 we're taking away the kind of middleman and and letting fans, sports fans, bet against their friends opposed to to the major bookies, um, and that's where we kind of sit. And there's a real social aspect to this as well. So you can set up a group and play with your mates, but there's also the opportunity to to expand that and play with people that you don't know. So you've got your private leagues, which are between you and your mates. You can invite as many people in there. You pick your games. So, you know, say you're a big fan of, uh, say there's four of you who are fans of uh, teams. You can put your games in there and you can pick win, lose, draw, um, bet against each other and whoever gets the most right wins. Or you've got the kind of national um pools that we run which are kind of games like our pick 10 where you go in it's people across the country once again you're not going against us you're going against kind of other sports fans and you pick 10 games for that weekend and you stand a chance to win ten thousand pounds or whatever whatever the size of the pot is there okay i mean as are joel and ian uh, we've all downloaded the app so uh, what happens now so you one of you would create the league pick out those games um, and then you'd all put your predictions in. You can decide how much you want to kind of put stake. Um, so you can do anything from kind of five pound up until, you know, depending on how much money you've got, you know, you could put, you could put hundred pound in there, 200 pound in there, whatever you wanted to each. Um, and then as those, you put your predictions in, you can change your predictions. If you know, you're a Leeds fan and you're questioning whether, you know, they could have a, have a thump in from Southampton you can change their uh, predictions right up until kickoff, and then obviously as the games play play out, you'll you'll get your winner from there. Right. Well, let's in that case go to Ian first of all. So uh, Leeds Southampton, uh, who's going to win this, uh, or will it be a draw? 
Leeds United are going to win this. Um, <clears throat> Southampton, I would say that slightly biased, slightly biased. Uh, but Southampton, you know, three defeats on the bounce, um, and Leeds with um, hopefully Calvin Phillips and Liam Cooper back in the side. Um, apart from Patrick Bamford, I think it's going to be the strongest side that they'll have fielded this season with all the injuries they've had. So, so as full strength as Leeds get, I think. And against Southampton, I, I fancy that Leeds. Uh, we'll do that. They only need another six points or so, six or nine points to, to probably be sure of survival in the Premiership this season. So they've got that bit between their teeth. They want that job done, you know, by Easter, uh, all being well. So definitely leads for that one. Fingers crossed. Joel, would you agree or are you going to put your money behind Southampton? Um, well, I just want to say as a disclaimer, I'm the worst person when it comes to predictions. So whatever I say, I encourage everybody to go the opposite and you'll probably win. <laughs> Um, but I would definitely agree with Leeds as well. I just think Southampton don't really have too much to play for at the moment. Whereas you know Leeds, if they if they win this, then it takes so much pressure off them from the likes of um, Everton and Watford slowly closing in on them. So I'd definitely say a Leeds victory. But again, please take my prediction with a pinch of salt. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm gonna sort of mix it up a little bit, and I'm gonna put this one down as a draw. Actually, I think you're right in terms of where, where Leeds are at and how they're performing. Um, the, the, they've got that new manager bounce with Jesse coming in uh, but I, I, I think you underestimate Hassan Hootel at your peril and um, you know I I think had Bielsa still been there I, I would have probably given this one to Southampton but I'm going to predict a draw for this one it's two, two uh, ex-Red Bull managers going at it there there's going to be goals mm. for sure so ne- next up on there, so we've got the uh, two wins and a draw from the boys. Uh, Wolves against Aston Villa, Midlands derby. And uh, for the, those Wolves fans, we've got Matt Jarvis coming up on the dugout, which is the next episode in this feed. Uh, so, Ian, where are you seeing this one going? Oh, you see, I think if there is going to be a draw, I think this could be the one. Um, very, very hard because clearly on on uh, on paper you would say that, that Villa would would um, probably win this one quite easily. Although Wolves, as we've seen in recent matches, um, have uh, you know they've they've had some good results, but against Villa, it's a local derby. Probably going to fire them up a little bit more. I fancy something like a two-two draw, so I'm going to go for a draw. Uh, Joel, are you going to continue to agree with everything that Ian says? <laughs> <laughs> it's very rare this happens no, like <laughs> no I think I'll go for a Wolves victory on this occasion I just think that because they're only three points off um, going into sixth place I think this is the big game for them to actually try and win and obviously they've only conceded 26 this season which is the fourth best in the league so I don't really see many goals in this game but I would definitely say Wolves probably have the upper hand especially at home as well okay and I I fancy Villa for this one. Uh, if for selfish reasons, I've got Coutinho in my team and I want to see him scoring. Um, so um, let's move on to the third game of this little round. And obviously, there's a f- full schedule of Premier League fixtures taking place this weekend. Again, we'll go through them game by game in the dugout. Uh, but Joel, you're our resident Man United fan here. Man United against Leicester in what's been a disappointing season. Uh, for both teams I think you know we started with big expectations for both of these but it's not gone uh, so well Uh, who's going to be most disappointed after this game Uh, probably me to be honest because you just don't know (laughs) what you're going to get with this United side at the moment it's ridiculous but um, 
I mean, I would hope with a biased view that, well, it's really important that we win this game to actually keep tabs of Arsenal at the moment, especially since they've got a game in hand. Um, United aren't in the best form at the moment. They've only won three out of the last five as well, but uh, same with Leicester as well. So it's going to be a tricky one considering, you know, Leicester have the quality. They've got Vardy back as well, which is a massive plus for them. Um, I want to say a win, but ask me tomorrow after the game how I'm feeling and it might be a different story. Uh, Ian, where, where do you see this one going? I can't see Man United losing this one, I've got to be honest. Um, I, I know what Joel's saying, um, but with, with Leicester, they've, the, Leicester, apart from beating Liverpool quite a while ago, they've sort of struggled against the, the bigger teams. In fact, they've, they've struggled against some of the smaller teams as well. Um, I just don't think they've got enough in the tank to beat Man United assuming Man United turn up and play like we know that Man United can obviously that's the thing there's always that um, you know corridor of uncertainty perhaps but let's assume Man United are going to be on form uh, I think they should win you know reasonably easily I think uh, so yeah I'm going to go for a Man United win in that one uh, I'm actually going for a draw on this one uh, to be honest I think the you know things have uh, not been great at Manchester United I mean their, their form relatively actually if you take a step back and look at it it's not been that bad they just haven't had as many wins as they would like uh, but that leads me to thinking this will be an, another draw and I think with the uncertainty that they've still got going on behind the scenes and certain contracts of certain players it's not a happy ship um, Leicester are struggling a little bit we'll, we'll talk more about injuries in, 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 in the next section but uh, Wilfred and Didi's out for the rest of the season and it seems to kind of be one in one out because they've just got Fafana back but I think Fafana's a really I mean it's unfortunate he had the, the injury previously because he looked like being one of the players of the season um, but I think there is potentially a little bit of momentum coming back into Leicester and an ability sort of to uh, retrieve the season which is why I'm going for them to get a draw so all in all, that leaves us with slightly different outcomes and results and predictions uh, for for these games. So, Joe, how does this how does this work now? If if we were running this little league, we've put in our predictions. Obviously, we've got to wait for the games to happen, um, and, and and obviously it helps that we've all had different opinions on the outcome of these games because I imagine it doesn't really work if we all agree on it. Yeah, well, I'm probably going to have to change a couple of my picks after listening to you guys talk about that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Ian, but without fail, I go for Leeds to lose every time. Um, so, <laughs> wow. so I know. Do you know what? My, one of my best, one of my best friends has got a Leeds bedroom, um, and after this season, about two weeks ago, he sent us a photo because his mum had painted it and got rid of it. Um, it, it it's been, it's been, it's been oh, that bad for him. So um, yeah, I, may, I might Tell have me. to sway towards uh, Leeds after after listening to them, but uh, it's, it's 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 not going to make me happy doing that. Um, so. <laughs> you can do it if you really want, you know. Look, I, I, I'm open. I'm, I'm not biased. I just like, I kind of like seeing him suffer. Um, but so, so what? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Are you? Do I detect like a Cardiff yeah, accent there? Cardiff, and there's a derby going on this weekend. So um, oh, you see. You yeah, see, yeah. So we got Leeds and Cardiff have got history as well, so I can see where you're you coming know from. And there's probably more Leeds fans than there are Cardiff and Wales. Um, genuinely, yeah, from obviously, yeah. I used to live in Cardiff, and it, I discovered yeah, that it was weird. Go. There's like a real, yeah. there's like a real community of Leeds fans, and that's why I kind of like going against them more than anything because uh, it's quite enjoyable. <laughs> but yeah, so with these with these picks now, so you've got two options. You could put them in your own league, but we are running a, a weekly league, which um, I'm in. 
without a doubt every week you can see me on the the live leaderboard that we run so you can see where you kind of pip against where you finish against like some of your favorite kind of podcasters influencers stuff like that so you guys will be featured on that league as well um but this league's called the pip 10 and we give away ten thousand pounds every week um in that league it's a national league so you'd put these three picks in as well as uh, a couple of others to, depending on what games are in there and um you just need more points than everyone else to win. Now we pay up to a hundred places, so you only need to come into the in the top hundred to walk away with some cash. Um, but this, that's our pick ten league. We run it weekly, and it's actually a great league to enter because we've had people walk away with like five, six, seven grand, and they've only got seven out of ten right. Um, and uh, you know, you show me a bookie that'll let you get that many wrong and still walk away with some money. Um, so that's that's our kind of big league this weekend that we're running. So. Hey, you guys seem to know your stuff. I'd suggest getting involved because uh, you could could be having a having a nice little summer holiday on us. Well, after the last couple of years, I think we could all do with a big summer holiday. <laughs> so, if people want to get involved with who knows wins, what's the best way to do that? Do you know, it's, it's super straightforward. So, download from whatever app store you want. You've got to register, which is your standard stuff like email and all of that jazz. Name, um, and then deposit five pounds into the app takes all of 30 seconds and you're good to go if you look for the pick 10 league um or if you fancy some of the other leagues we've got we've got multiple leagues on there across football darts horse racing nba you know you, you name it we've, we've got it on there we're trying to kind of service everyone here so um yeah if you jump on the app you'll see all the leagues on there five pound entry and you you stand to win potentially 10 grand and once you've set up that league, it's really easy to invite your friends to. I imagine it's something similar to fantasy football. You just get a code and you send it to them. Yeah. Once you once you once you join the league, you'll see a share league. You just click it, send it to whichever one's your, one of your mates you think has got the worst knowledge on sports, and, uh, and the next thing you know, you're spending their money. And that's exactly why on today's show I invited Joel and Ian. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's great, Joe. Uh, I think it just leaves us to say leads for the win. Go on, leads. <laughs> hey, I'm. <laughs> I'm on my way to buy a Southampton shirt now. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. And as Joe says, if you want to get involved, the app is Who Knows Wins. Find it at all the usual places and look out for us on there as well. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back and we're talking all about injuries, which means we'll be talking about Leeds again. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily. I'm Ant McGinley, ably joined by my fellow Who Knows Wins League members, Ian Brennan and Joel Tudor, who no doubt will finish above me. Um, Let's look at injuries. I did tease this at the beginning and kind of inspired by the fact that uh, uh, Wilfred and Didi, it was announced yesterday, he's out for the rest of the season with... A knee injury. Uh, I think we've already mentioned, haven't we? And Patrick Bamford uh, mm. out for the rest of the season, aggravating that that foot injury. It's kind of it seems mm. like that just wasn't managed very well because it was a it was a slight tear and now it's gone to a full rupture, which just does not sound pleasant. Yeah, I mean, I think they reckon that there is a chance he might he might get back in time for the end of the season but I mean you're literally talking about the last game I think at best and even then it's probably not going to be starting you know so I think yeah you're right probably assume that he is done for the season but that's been a big problem because he's been out for pretty much the entire season he's played a couple of matches literally Um, and that has been a major reason why Leeds probably are where they are they haven't had a striker on the pitch Um, you know we've had Dan James playing up front um, Harrison's played up front 
Uh, we've got Rodrigo, but he's sort of more like a been like more like a number ten rather than an out and out goal poacher, which is um, the thing. And and with Leeds as well, the way they play, the matches where Bamford has played, and I say there's been about three, I think, where he's actually started. Not many at all that I can think of. Um, it's it's the the hold up play and and you know just sort of getting in and among the defenders and he he, he sort of causes chaos. Which even if he's not actually scoring a goal or, or having a shot or, or whatever, he's he's dragging and distracting the other the other players to to create openings elsewhere on the pitch. So that's what they've missed and and it is a it is a. It's been a huge thing. You know, if you just start the season saying we're going to have Patrick Bamford missing pretty much the entire season, you know, you have to ask the question, would Leeds have got another striker in, knowing what they know now? It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next transfer window. Obviously, that's after this season. um, With who comes in, because Bielsa was always very, very limited into who he'd take. You know, the, the story sort of goes that various players have been offered and Bielsa pretty much turns them all down and then there's a few that get through the net and the ones they've signed have been quality but it'd be interesting to see the a change in how Jesse March is going to see that and whether he actually does strengthen the squad because Leeds' squad through Bielsa's insistence has always been a fairly small squad and you know that's that's been the issue I mean there are strikers but even like um or even like Joe Geldart, who's who's you know been tearing up the the, the junior level, like the under twenty threes, and smashing goals in for fun. He has played, he scored goals in the Premier League, but he hasn't really had that starting chance. He's not started the game, um, and you've got to kind of wonder why that is, and maybe maybe that Jesse March might take that chance. He's been injured as well, so Jesse March you know, has the resources have been thin on the ground. Uh, oh, Jennifer, I don't know, probably everybody else has been injured at some point, either injured or had COVID. It's, uh, it's been great this year at Leeds. Well, you've mentioned it a couple of times already on the show today, and we've heard a lot throughout the season about how certain teams, certain squads, have been more affected by injury than others due to being slow, uh, due to being smaller. So what I've done is I thought I'd sort of dive down into the statistics of all this and review them. And so what I've managed to do is look at all the games that players have missed because of injury. Not because of suspensions or other selection issues, but purely because of injury. And doing that, I've created a league table where you're awarded points according to the amount of games players have missed this season due to injury and injury alone. Okay, So I've added all the players in the club that have missed games, all those games together, and that gives the points so it results in a very very different league table so uh, with with you both now i'm going to play a very simple game of higher or lower or if you will if bruce forsyth was still around play your injuries right okay so let's start (laughs) let's start with your teams so in terms of injuries and a league table in terms of games missed who is higher in the table leads or Manchester United. Uh, Ian's just basically given his reasoning there, which you would think Leeds are running away with at least Champions League positions. But in terms of injuries, Joel, where do you think United might sit on this league table? Mm. So this is the actual amount of playing time that players oh, have I mean, missed. Well, in the whole league table. Uh This season's been a bit of a... Honestly, the majority of them has just been Cavani, just been buggering off to Uruguay half the time. Um, apart from that, 
I mean, Leeds has got to be way ahead of us. Mm-hmm. I swear, I feel like uh, Calvin Phillips and Bamford have been out for the majority of the season. Ian, would you agree with that? Um, but to be fair, we have we have had our fair yeah, share, I mean, but Leeds for like, it, 100%. It, it depends if you're going across the entire squad, though, because obviously Man United have got a much bigger squad than Leeds. And so they might have more players out, but it's not as noticeable, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, whereas with Leeds, they've got kind of the, they've got sort of twenty-five players, and half of them have been injured. Well, on this league table, I can tell you that Leeds sit in eighth place, equal with Liverpool and Chelsea in terms of the amount of games that they've missed due to injury, and Manchester United are up in third. Yeah, having missed more, more players missing games through injuries. And you're right, it's probably down to Edison Cavani, who, guess what, on the wow. international break, got another injury. <laughs> so he's going to miss the, this weekend's game at the very least. All right, so um, <laughs> I think that means Ian gets the point there. Uh, let's move on to one of the games that we have this weekend, Newcastle versus Tottenham. Uh, which team has had the most missed games by players due to injuries Ian I'll let you go first on this one Um, I'm going to go with Newcastle um, because um, I I, the the, the gym I go to um, I have seen a number of the Newcastle um, players (laughs) hobbling around um, around the pool and so I get to see the injury status of the Newcastle team um, ahead of when um, the press conferences often happen and it's very interesting to say oh you know so like for example um what's his face trippier and they were saying a trippier is going to play um on on sunday you know when he and then lo and behold you know this injury has gone down with now i um i, I saw kieran trippier hobbling around um at my gym and uh and it and i thought there's no way he's playing this weekend and then eddie house saying he's going to play he plays him i'm thinking he ain't going to last did he last? No, went down 50th minute and he's out for how long now? So um, very interesting. But I think Newcastle have been quite fairly desperate with injuries because they've been sticking the players in back back on the field as, as literally as soon as they can walk again. And um, and, it, and that's sort of leading to longer injuries. So, yeah, I think Newcastle have had bigger problems. Well, do you have any inside information on Tottenham, Joel, just to sort of match the champagne lifestyle that Ian Brannan leads? Uh, spa day on Wednesday, <laughs> gym with yeah, the players. Yeah, that was a Thursday. <laughs> That was a Thursday. I mean, I don't. <laughs> it's not from this podcast. Let it's me not a cut of this award-winning <laughs> check that he seems to be getting on a weekly basis. But um, <laughs> uh, I can't say I go to the same gym as Harry Kane and see what he's been getting up to. But um, yeah, I'm just going to take it from reports. To be honest, I don't. I don't live that lifestyle right now. But yeah, I would. I'm just going to go against the grain just to make it interesting and probably mm. say Tottenham because um, Kane has been out for a couple of times this season. But he usually has yeah. his regular Although I, I, ankle I, I'm injury. Not, I'm not sure you can class hamstring injury as an issue injury, towards the end uh, of the which season. Typically for the first few games um, of the season. So yeah, I think I'm uh, gonna go Tottenham, Tottenham on this league table of games missed due to injuries <laughs> are down in 13th with Newcastle possibly on the verge of winning something for the first time in years, sitting sixth in the overall table. So that's another point to Ian, uh, which Mm. means uh, you're just playing for pride with this last one now, Joel. Uh, So finally, uh, let's look at uh, the Midlands Derby taking place this weekend, Aston Villa and Wolves. Um, So where are we going to go for this one? Ian, 
uh, if you get this as well, you are going to just run away with the glory. Um, Aston Villa or Wolves? Who's had the most injuries? I'm going to go with Wolves, just on a just on my gut instinct. Really, I don't have any um, facts or figures or particular knowledge, but I think that I know that Wolves have had um, a bit more of an indifferent time of you know over the course of the last sort of ten, fifteen games or so. But um, I don't really. I can't really think that that Aston Villa have, have sort of lost any anybody major. Um, certainly lately, I'm going to go with Wolves. I love that opening statement that you said there. I don't have any facts or figures or particular knowledge, and that is the Just exact kind of person that we like to have on this award-winning podcast. Yeah, just just going with the vibe. Uh, Joel, so are, are you going to uh, go against the grain and go with Aston Villa for this? <laughs> Um, well, to be honest, the only thing I could think of with Wolves is that Pedro Neto was out for like 10, 11 months and he's literally just come back and they, I'm, yeah, I'm sure they've had a few injuries in their team. I actually can't remember any Villa injuries that have been pretty significant. Well, so, you were right to go for Wolves. Yeah, because just for the consolation and just for the tapping, I'll just say Wolves. Due to injuries, Wolves top the league with over 100 what? games missed this season alone. That's because they've got quite a big squad as well, I think. Because I've just been looking. Leeds have had 22 Damn. players out this season. And obviously their squad's only about 30. Like, literally every player has, has spent some time on the sidelines. And, and at one point, I think there were 11 or 13 players out at once, like um, January. So, you know, I think it, I'd, I'd be interested to know... I'm not saying that Leeds should be top, because I, I don't know the full scale injury situation elsewhere. <laughs> no, no. But I'm just thinking that... You know, you've got if you've got a team that's got, you know, some some teams have got fifty players on their on their books, haven't they? Well, the interesting some thing, of these players, the the, the interesting thing counted, on, but, on this, if you look at the bottom of the table in terms of the least injury affected uh, this season, um, the the kind of the relegation zone for this, um, you've got um, Burnley and Crystal <laughs> relegation Palace. zone. Yeah, yeah. so basically, <laughs> you have been too healthy. Get down <laughs> to the championship. <laughs> Uh, that'll sort you out get out of my treatment room yes leaving the treatment room <laughs> the quickest uh, Burnley and Crystal Palace tied at the bottom having only missed uh, relatively a handful of games out there at Burnley though yeah and Arsenal yeah <laughs> Arsenal Arsenal and Man City just outside uh, that, definitely pretend they're not injured well, in the terms of the least amount of injuries affecting their season which could account for so Arsenal's perfect. revival but doesn't really say much uh, for Burnley, although to be fair, Burnley have still played least games than anybody else, thanks to you know different postponements and things. So there we go. Uh, that means it's a three-one win for Ian Brennan and Leeds. Look at that, two wins in a day. You've won. You're part oh. of the team that wins. You know the yeah. best news and current affairs and podcast at the Sport Podcast Awards, and now possibly an even bigger prize. I got three nominations in the voiceover awards this week as well. Look at me. Well, no, I got two nominations and best outtake nomination. I don't really count that as like a, it's not one you can really trade off, is it? Saying that you're the the king of lols. Wow. Well, this time next year, no, no doubt you'll be winning it for your uh, Donald Trump and dissent and greasy impressions. <laughs> hey, you know, you never know. I'll stick it in. Uh, that leaves that leaves us there for today. But thank you very much. Uh, for listening uh, thank you also to our guest earlier Joe coming in from Who Knows Wins and thank you 
to uh, Joel Tudor, who is hanging his head in shame, and Ian Brannan, who has all the glory today. Well, it's rare. It's rare, but um, I'm enjoying the view from the top. Uh, my name's Ant McGinley. Uh, thank you very Thanks, much guys. for listening. On the next episode, which will come out later today, I'll be joined by <laughs> Trevor Stephen and Matt Jarvis in the dugout as we look ahead fixture by fixture to all the games taking place this weekend. Plus, I'll be asking them if they ever experienced anything like the kind of booze that Harry Maguire had at Wembley this week. Finally, I'd just like to say thank you once again to all of you who went and voted for us in the Sports Podcast Award. We couldn't have done it without you and your continued listens, reviews and shares. So on behalf of all of us here at the Football Social Daily, thank you very, very much. See you next time. So great.